take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. When I first, I was trying to think of the perfect thing to start this podcast with, and I was just going to say, we're just going to get straight to the meat of things, or straight to the meat of it. Awesome. I'm good, I'm good with <laughs> that. That was not All the right. reaction. <laughs> uh, Straight to the meat of things. I yeah. Like uh, Janelle Sloan joining me, uh, owner of Farm to Fork. Yes. Uh, I'll let you explain it because you're going to do a much better job than I could ever do it. Yes. Farm to Fork is a locally based, Ottawa based e commerce business. And we offer naturally raised meats, premium seafood, raw pet food uh, delivered right to your door. We service Ottawa, Montreal, surrounding areas. And through another distributor, Northern Shopper, we ship up to Nineveh, about 10 communities we serve. Oh, wow. So. Wow, wow, wow. Um, so I was really excited uh, when, when we spoke about getting you on because I found the conversation around meat re- really fascinating. We were talking about it a little bit off mic, but just, you know, there, there's so much to it, right, with, with the rise of kind of veganism. And now you see some people uh, trying this carnivore diet. Um, there's always been the battle between like hunters and, and animal rights advocates, you know, factory, far- like there's just so much to get into and it just comes to simple meat. So I was really yes. like interested to, to have you on and, and talk about some of the stuff. Let's start though. Like how does one fall into the meat business? Cause I don't think a lot of people, when you're a kid, it's like, what oh, are wow. you going to do when you okay. grow up? So <laughs> I was in my early twenties, I was actually, I lived in the States and I was a music promoter. We promoted raves and clubs. So oh, wow. Was, okay. I did that all the way during, through my twenties. Uh, got burnout of that. Basically That's a hard like life. a rock star, yeah. lifestyle, which we were. And uh, I had a production company called Poster Boy Productions. And I basically, in 2000, I just left that business. Didn't know what to do. Moved back from Arizona to Seattle. Went back to school for two years. And uh, then got bored of school. I had uh, had a friend that I ran into. And he's like, here, I'm working for this company. We're selling meat door to door. And I was like, meat door to door? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, like, no, come down, man. It's totally like you made, like we make a ton of money. And I was like, all right, whatever, man. Like, okay. So I went down there, and the guy that was managing the shop was an old friend, like a good friend from high school that we lost touch from. I was okay. Like, oh, my friend Dallas. And so we went. He's like, oh, John Allen, come here. You know, we haven't seen each other for a long time. We said our hellos and, you know, kind of got caught up. And he brought me out that day and he showed me how to make, you know, he went out and made like 800 bucks in a day. Like it was, I was wow. Like, wow, this seems so easy. He's like, oh, you can do the same thing. And so I just kind of fell into that, started doing that. And then I started working for, as a national sales trainer for companies where I would travel and sometimes travel with the owner. These are companies that had like 10 offices nationwide in major metropolitan mm-hmm. cities in the U.S. And just traveled around. I worked in 35 U.S. states. So I did that for, wow. you know, then, then just year after year, I kept doing it, kept doing it, because it was just good money. It yeah, very yeah, good sales, money. yeah, absolutely. It was sales, and, and so then we had the opportunity, we moved to Canada in uh, 2010. I couldn't legally work here until 2014, right around there, I worked out my permanent residency and uh, got my work permit. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go back and work in the States again, and I'd be away from home, and I was doing the same thing. I got, uh, I wanted, I had the idea to start the same business here in Canada, 
So right, okay. Yeah, so I convinced. I had I had a ton of connections down there in the industry, and I convinced uh, two producers out of Chicago, and one of them came ended up coming up with the export labels, and they started exporting product that was U.S. beef and pork. That's the only thing they could do at the time. You couldn't do seafood or chicken, mm-hmm. and got a cold storage. I went and took or we had nothing when we moved to Canada I went and took my Walmart credit card my first Canadian credit card thank God wow. your credit doesn't follow you anything here so oh, it was like completely oh, wow. starting over so yeah we had nothing I didn't you know I'm coming here blindly had no idea like that it was much different than and like I, I thought it was going to be so much like the US and you know oh, totally wow. different so you no know? one gave you that like hey here's how Canada works <laughs> yeah, total culture <laughs> in many ways you yeah. know and so I went and put a down payment on a truck and got the truck, convinced this company to ship meat up here and just started doing door-to-door here. And that's how we started. We started as a company called Home Food Solutions. I did that for about a year and a half. And then kind of fast-forwarding, we I kept uh, I was going around and I was knocking doors and traveling to all these little smaller cities outside of Ottawa. And everybody's like, oh, can you get grass-fed beef? Can you get, uh, we're looking for local. Can you get pasture-raised chicken? Can you get, like, all these terms. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. this sounds great, this meat. You know, no, I don't know where to get it, you know. So I was like, light bulb went off, and I was like, you know, I don't want to sell the product that I was doing in the U.S. It wasn't the best product in the first place. It was just conventional products. Mm-hmm. People here were not very receptive to it as they were in the States. It's a different kind of consumer deal there wasn't doing as well as I thought I was going to do with what, what comparative to what I used to, how I used to do in the States right. sales wise. Right. And so I started, I started seeking out, uh, sought out my first producer. Uh, he was in Smith Falls area and he owned a, owned a farm and a slaughterhouse there. Went and showed him the U S product that I had. And he was amazed. He was like, wow, this is so cool. Like full color boxes and all vacuum sealed. And then these, you know, it looked like a, was meat that was replicated. There was companies in the states called like Omaha Steaks and some of these. They're okay. meat, they ship meat nationwide and they have stores and same kind of concept, like mm-hmm. all portion controlled, vacuum seal looks pretty in these nice you know plastic vacuum seal molds. And, mm-hmm. and um, so he said, "Yeah, we can replicate that." Replicated it and uh, started the the oil fell the whole oil industry here in canada fell you know like the bottom fell out so the dollar used to be almost on par with the canadian dollar that was during that kind of time yeah like, this is like 2013 somewhere yeah. around there yeah it started to kind of collapse and uh i was no longer viable to have meat shipped up from because it totally flip-flopped the currency exchange <clears throat> and i kind of saw that coming didn't really want to sell that product Wanted to get more into the local aspect anyway. So I started working with this guy in Smith Falls. Outgrew him right away. They couldn't keep up. Went to another supplier that was in Alexandria, like outside of Cornwall. Yeah. They were a federal producer. He was buying some of the products from them anyway, some of the raw material. Now it wasn't all like local beef or chicken or pork. It was some of the raw material. It was still high-quality Canadian product that was you know, from some of the local producers. They, they saw how much volume I was moving. All of a sudden, this guy's sales had increased. <laughs> it was mm. like, it was from you. We know it was from you. And so we I went with them, started working with this company, outgrew them. I was buying for my seafood from another place called La Points Fish that used yep. to be here in Ottawa. Yep. They used to have, a, they have the restaurant still. But they, yeah. Right, right, right down the street the, from here, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so 
But they used to have a, they used to be a wholesaler too and provide the right. wholesale to all the restaurants in the area and stuff. They got it bought out, acclimated, and and got bought out by Cisco and they're operating like all their they got sent to Montreal. So. Gotcha. The owner though of the points was like, "Hey, we're starting to work with Cisco. We got bought out by them, and you know they had this plant in Toronto. It's for the processing plant that was Derma Meats that I was we were talking about off camera. Mm-hmm. Go to them. They're just starting out. I was like, dude, they're not going to work with me. I'm just like some door to door guy. That's like you know like just hucking meat door to door going out every day. Like they're not going to take me seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he got me a meeting with their GM. I went out to Toronto, took my truck out there." took out some of the products I was getting from uh, the company out in Alexandria, showed them. They were like, they were like, okay, cool. We just want to see your sales. I already had done like $244,000 in sales that year. So oh, wow. Like was, and that was just doing like door to door. Door to door, yeah. Okay. So, and uh, they were like, cool, we'll work with you. And I was like, that's where kind of everything took off, where I started working with bigger packaging plants. Right. Started adding more products, started adding more more organic products. I found an organic supplier out of these, uh, these farm rental farms was one of them. Uh, Voltageur's chicken, like organic, started adding all these new products and started kind of expanding the whole product line. And then we just, we grew, uh, I partnered with Northern shopper, which is a company that ships goods, meats, everything you can think of under the sun up to Nineveh. They service about 10 communities up there. Mm-hmm. They were looking for a supplier. Well, that was like a good solution for their meat because everything we did was all portion controlled set weights. And they, like, that's very important with them to have all the weights to set price. Cause it helps right. with all the, yeah. Cause the government's very strict with and you probably their paperwork and pay weights. By and weights and yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we started working with them. Great relationship. Uh, we moved into the same building and so uh, we bought a walk-in freezer together. Great relationship. And we just, we've continued to grow. I, uh, Started our Facebook page during this time. I was like, cool, you can start a Facebook business page. And then I started just posting. So let me backtrack a little bit. So I hit my first winter here. This was like right <laughs> end of end of 2013 was going to be coming farm to fork. and Or no, end of 2013. Hit my first winter. This is where I found out about online marketing. And, and we had this like polar <laughs> vortex. I'm not Winter going door to door for this. And my wife goes, yeah, she goes, she goes, uh, I go, I'm going to go out. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go to work today. And, and she's like, you're not going out. There was like negative 40 out there, like with the wind chill. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'll go hit bars. I'll go hit, you know, like whatever. I'll go into businesses. And I was out there for literally like half hour. I was like, came back in. I was like, I was done. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do I got to do? This was like basically that storm that whole like weather like storm and the, it lasted for like almost a week so i got on facebook i joined all these garage sale groups uh every little city has one you know whether it's cornwall yep. whether yep. it's you know they community all have groups, community swaps, groups yeah. swaps you know and uh just posted uh, this ad called the polar vortex special i just took pictures of my four products i had i only had these four i had one beef variety pack one chicken one pork and it didn't have seafood yet actually it was only three and it went like gangbusters. It was a trip. It was like, oh, these people will buy from me online through Messenger. Like, just some, they don't <laughs> even know who sketchy, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Seems sketchy, but they won't at the door, and I have the product. Like, yeah, I was having a hard time selling here. Like while I was used to in the U.S., I was really struggling. Like, and, yeah, because I'm trying to like the reaction of someone when you kind of walk up to the door, like, hey, do you want to like buy my meat? Like, and you, but you're you're trying to explain yourself, but 
they're skeptical. They're looking at different you like kind of consumer what are you, than you. What are you talking about? Yeah, meat? Like, Why are you totally here? different response? <laughs> totally different consumer. Kind of like Americans will, you know, I compare Canadians like they'll have money, they'll uh, they uh, they'll wait, they'll do all their investigation. I get people that wait like a year. They're like, oh yeah, we've been following you for a whole year, and then we decided to buy really scoping Ameri- out. Ameri- oh, totally, like totally different. Americans will have no money and they'll still buy because they're just like they're totally marketed to totally different. Huh. You know, even if they can't afford it, they still buy stuff. Here's my credit card. <laughs> yeah, a lot of yeah. times it's like you know, like they'll they'll buy and they they can't afford it and the card will bling gone and go oh, through wow. just because they're caught up in the moment. You know? Yeah, like it's just it's totally different. Oh wow. So did really well with that. Light bulb went off again. I was like, I'm going to start a Facebook business page. And then I found, I just started doing that week in and week out, posting on there. I was still doing door-to-door, still marketing through uh, through the Facebook groups and redirecting people to our farm-to-fork Facebook business page. And then we got into, you know, somebody showed me, hey, you can do, like, paid ads through Facebook. And I was like, cool. You know, and we started gaining, like, you know, a lot, quite a few followers at that mm-hmm. point. And then everything kind of blossomed, and, and it turned from everything shifted from in the last couple of years into a sell on Facebook, you know, go through groups to a whole full fledged e commerce business that we right, have now, you know, and we just built a whole new website last year. Spent a ton of money on that. We have sales automation. We have email marketing now. All our digital marketing, you know, things that we didn't have for the first. Couple yeah, years it's cool. Like transform the business that process of. Yeah. Start literally like starting with a pack of meat going door to door and then was, you know you know and then I don't, did you find like it like, all of a sudden there was like this huge accelerator like you mentioned that you were kind of outgrowing the suppliers and to find a new one like was there just a kind of like this moment where you're just like like holy shit like here we go like it's really taken off yeah 2017 yeah really like we really started hitting some good numbers and we were you know we had we had still didn't have we had a hokey website and I was still doing ads through facebook but it was all paid ads and we were just we would just list our products on there like and just take take orders through messenger and like right facebook okay actually like when they came here to ottawa they did a facebook advertising to create awareness for facebook yeah. ads and we were picked as one of the businesses because they couldn't believe that we did that much in revenue for with, oh, wow. with no website and just doing paid ads and using messenger mm-hmm. we we're so intrigued by that like because most businesses traditionally e-commerce it's like they have all these different systems in place and yeah it would be like the reverse effect website. yeah they would build everything and then go to facebook yeah, and exactly. be oh shoot sorry oh that's all good um yeah it's like was this all you too like were, was it you alone building all this like on the facebook like you're there every day oh, like, kind of like kind of grinding just away kinda, all the time just grinded and just you know like basically just went for it you know yeah had to break it first before i knew how to do it like it was just that was the philosophy yeah, yeah. didn't know what i was doing half the time you know which was great but because i learned a lot through all that yeah so, yeah, yeah um and still it's just we're just one i'm just one employee for, oh like so you have no one else no, working with no you employees. i mean we have a team that does like our email marketing and digital marketing okay stuff, but everything else i do like our accounting stuff i don't do any of that yeah yeah, yeah. but any like the day-to-day sales and deliveries and and everything else i do everything holy so, moly yeah. is there like like plan on adding more pieces or like you like to keep things yeah. kind of close to so we bootstrapped everything up to this point we're a debt-free company which i wanted to, and so we're right at that point like most companies where we've grown to a certain point we've kind of plateaued two years in a row didn't quite hit the million in revenue that we wanted to. And at that point, I know once I hit over that, I'm going to definitely need to add 
more employees, like either yeah. outsourced or actually have our own own employees. You know, whether it's helping do with order fulfillment or you know or otherwise. So we, right. our next plans are to go into Toronto, and we can have a depot there, and have an, a company that basically we still don't have to have employees. We just have a company that manages that, that right. depot. Right. And do the order fulfillment for it. Right. So, okay. Which is great. Um, so, like, I'm interested. Like, we talked. We were talking a bit, like, off the top, and and you kind of mentioned some buzzwords there, like grass-fed, organic, and and I think for the the regular person um, who doesn't really understand, like, they know that's kind of good. Like, they're like, oh yeah, organic. I know that's good. What is it about your service and what you're doing, and like that, like this organic and grass-fed, like. Why does that make such a difference, and why is that kind of important to It makes to a huge difference on many levels, and it's environmentally is one, because regenerative farming is the way that we have to go. Like, mm-hmm. we have so many soils left, meaning, like, that so many times you can, you know, you can dig up the soil and plant new crops, you know, and that has to do with farming, too, and what you feed the animals also at the same time. Right. Has to do with environmentally. Like I'm a strong proponent against like pesticides and the use of, and I think the overuse of definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's definitely something that goes on in big agriculture, you know. And also the fact that for our bodies too, at the same time, you know, when an animals eating, you know, grass purely, like that's truly what a, a cow is supposed to eat. It's not really you're supposed to eat grains. I mean, we offer grain-fed beef for mm-hmm. customers. Like we have different. Uh, different collections with different products because everybody has a different value system. That's what I call it. You know, mm-hmm. it's looking for something different. Right. You know? Yeah. But uh, truly that's what a, you know, a cat and animal is supposed to eat is grass. And on top of it, typically dealing with these farms that are more into regenerative agriculture, like, you know, whether they're growing grass fed beef or they're raising animals with antibiotics or hormones or organically, they're also, there's the ethical treatment of mm-hmm. the animals at the mm-hmm. same time and typically as farmers they are they for pra- they're for practices that they are ethically they're ethically treating their animals so right for, i can't think of the word right now but so i think that so many different variables there's so many different levels and why that that's does it taste like a grass-fed uh cow like does that steak like would you say it tastes better like is there a noticeable difference like is it grass-fed is a different taste it's usually okay leaner. It can sometimes be even gamier. Uh, with grass-fed, it's very important to use animals that are under 30 months first, like usually steer. like So steer that's under 30 months. Okay. Angus is usually the best breed to use for grass-fed because they're predisposed genetically to be more fattier, so you're going to get a better flavor profile. Mm. So it's just you got a lot of people out there that are selling like, oh, I have grass-fed beef, or I bought grass-fed beef. I didn't like it. I'm like, okay, so do you know what you bought? Like, because beef is not beef like did, was it a dairy cow was it a, I get, yeah was it a herford like a female cow that had was it i mean was it did a calf like they're just like no nah. <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> yeah so like a lot of these different variables yeah mean a lot in the way that the meat performs whether it's tender mm. the flavor profile and all those things yeah because so. Again, we we get fed these buzzwords. So again, Angus. Yeah. You go to like a burger chain. They're like Angus burgers. You're like, oh wow, Angus. The term Angus can mean that that could be a certain percentage of Angus, and the rest could be whatever. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. Yeah, or like we're like organics could be, good. Could be dairy cow with mixed with Angus. You never know. Like it. And most of the time, Angus I'm like, burger. I mean, I'll be like, I never know. Like if I go to get a steak, I don't know. Most people don't know. And I know it's sirloin or T-bone yeah. or ribeye. I don't know. 
so when, that's where, where we what? come in and we, we like to provide a lot of transparency with our company. Like we have at the bottom of our website, we have all our producers we, we work with and the Packers. Very transparent about that. Uh, I love answering questions. I get all day long people messaging me through live chat, through which is a function mm-hmm. our, our chat function on our website where they're like, okay, what, and most consumers don't know. Like they they just know the buzzword. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, no know, idea what I'm really what putting in really my body or, about, you know, and so they're like, oh, well, do they have hormones? I'm like, well, all animals have hormones, but are they fed extra? Are they given more hormone? Like, well, okay, well, in Canada, you're not allowed, if it's actually Canadian chicken or Canadian beef, you're not allowed to give hormones. So they just don't. But the fact is that most, the reason why the stores can't advertise that is because a lot of these, uh, for example, like most of the big federal plants here in Canada are owned by American companies. They're JBS and Cargill. So on that feedlot, any given time there's animals from all different parts of the world like it's not just like canadian beef on that feedlot mm. could be from the u.s could be argentina it could be australian could be from all over the place so that's the reason why they can't do that right and so and it's the same thing with antibiotics like most beef that's or canadian beef I, I believe the law is that you have to 100 days before slaughter they have to wean off any kind of antibiotics that we're giving so there can be no traces of that. Okay. It's the same thing with chicken, too. Like, when it says free from chicken, there's a difference with raised without and free from. Free from is usually, like, chicken that's been, it's once again, it's before slaughter. They have to, they're tested, and they have to not have traces of antibiotics that were given. Oh, yeah. So, it's a, it's so. funny how uneducated we all are. I mean, not you, of course, but we all, like, as a, just a regular day person, we are to food. Yeah. And how we literally have no idea about anything. We just, again, those buzzwords, we just see it. Most people just look at the price. We're like, oh, yeah, okay, that's like $5. I'll, well, I'll get most that. Most consumers are price-driven, right? And yeah. And understand what really goes into, like, the real cost of food, usually, on something that's been from a small producer uh, that's been organically grown or grown without GMOs. There's always a, there's more cost involved because big ag does not subsidize those as much as those type of programs. Mm, mm. So that's what drives the cost down. If you took away all those subsidies and, and the way that they're structured, like the cost of food, the true cost of the same meat that you get in the store, usually it's conventional or factory farm would be the same cost as like oh, many right. of the free from or organic. Or right. Oh, man. At the same time, yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's, there's just, there's so much. That's, that's where I love to educate people as much as the knowledge that I know or I've learned. And I've learned all this stuff throughout the process of my company, which has been great. It has been cool, too, because yeah. I've learned all these things, like, from working with all these different producers and farmers. And, you know, and I'm constantly always looking for, you know, wanting to learn new things about, mm-hmm. you know, this, and there's tons of stuff. Like, it's, like, you can't even, like, you know. Is there, like, is there, like, <laughs> other podcasts, like, YouTube, t- like, like if, if you're not connected with the media industry at all or, like, that world, like, is there a lot of education going on with with all There's that stuff? There's a couple different podcasts out there right now that are are out. Uh, Joe, what's his name? Joel Sells and Joe Rogan's talked about him before too. Uh-huh. And he's a good source of information with that. So it's all like focuses on regenerative farming and ethical farming, and you know, there's thing you can search a lot of that stuff, and it's you'll there'll be stuff that will come up. Like if you really want, yeah, to figure it out. I think so. it's it's it's. Because the big thing, so when you look at like those documentaries that kind of go viral, especially, per- yeah, right, like especially pertaining so, to veganism, and yeah. I personally do not have anything against vegans if that's the life they choose to live, that's fine. But when you know, 
and I admit I was not educated about the subject either yeah. beforehand when it comes to, like, you know, you mentioned the word before slaughter, and I think a lot of people were like, oh, like, would probably get up in arms that you even say that word. Yes. It's, like, there's a difference between, again, you mentioned ethically sourced and, and versus factory. or sourced or... Versus factory, factory which Definitely. is what we see is... Like the the main issues, I think, really has to do with that factory farming, where you're pumping the animals full of this crap and this cramped lifestyle and this unnatural life. Yeah, definitely unnatural. It's yeah, not, they're not their natural. It's they're not allowed to be in any kind of natural habitat. They're being confined. They're being force fed. Where if they're running around, happy eating grass, like playing with the other cows, right. like especially with beef. Like yeah, they're an animal that has to be. Yeah. So, and I've heard with like, I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I've heard like with chicken, I just just heard with chicken, but like mm -hmm. the difference of taste when they are like they're free running and they're just running around and they're they're happy and they're all in the well, I'm versus you, like the factory let one. Let me tell you something. Like most people that are saying that, like, so free run chicken, unless you got a couple chickens and you're just on a hobby farm, yeah, you can let them run around for the most part, but. Even chickens that are, they say, pasteurized, they still are. They put them in uh, these things called chicken tractors. So there are these enclosures, and they move them around the field. And they're allowed to, they usually, like, they put them in the field usually with cattle. That's what I've seen. And they'll clean up the grass, and they'll do their thing. But they always have grain inside, like some kind of grain silo. They're still feeding them. Okay. Um, a lot of people that are misinformed that they think that. Well, free run. I'm looking, I get all the time people, I'm looking for pasteurized chicken. And that doesn't, that's grass or grass fed chicken. I'm like, there's no such thing. Chicken would die if they didn't eat some sort of grain. Like, they can't just eat bugs and. Well, don't they? Okay. Like they, they need some grain. Okay, they wouldn't grow into like meat birds that would be able to be viable to. Mm -hmm. For eating, you know, they just wouldn't. So, so I tell people that usually it's like these chicken tracks. And then during, in Canada, there's no, like during the winter, there's not. They haven't been barns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're able to free roam within barns. And then there's certain other requirements if they're organic, like the water that they feed them has to be like the has to be a, a uh, not a purified water, but what's the word for it? Like it's so like like a pure. If they have to be fed like purified water and other things like that too. So it seems like Canada is doing an okay job, I guess, if you look comparatively to the states when it comes to me. Like, is that fair to say? Or I, I'd say there's certain requirements that are a little bit stricter but it's the most part from what i've learned is it's not it's okay not, and a lot of these companies are like a, a lot of the big plants are american owned anyways right or they kind of control the whole big agriculture america does yeah like so, those big companies like they kind of own us like they they do they are they're gonna do whatever they want they just kind of yeah, do a lot of that's shifted and changed like over the years so, yeah like here in canada do do you receive any pressure or anything from that type of stuff? Or are you just still kind of like... Uh, pressure as far as what? Like, from them, maybe. Like, they're like, I don't know. I'm not no, business I'm not, deals or anything. Or if they're trying to... Really, like, so if I was on a podcast and started talking... About <laughs> yeah. Farming, like, hey, I heard, heard to, you talking. Like, really care. And, they, you know, and there's always consumers that are still going to... That right. don't care. They're price-driven, right? They're yeah. Not value, they don't, it's not value system-driven. It's, it's more price-driven. That's what I call it. You know? Like, so... That's what I tell people. If you're looking for, like, with our collections, like our naturally raised collection, if you're looking, you know, shift your value system. Yes, it costs more because that's just the true cost of that food and that process, how that meat is. Mm -hmm. But so you shift your value system so you don't do other things that you spend money on that you're probably wasteful and not good for you in the first place. 
you know, and you eat better, you know. So. Yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds like a giant sales ad, but, like, I went on, I'm like, it's not, like, that bad. Like, when you consider, again, all those things we were just talking about, when I was looking at prices, I'm like, and I think, like, there was, like, four packs of steak for, I don't know how much it, it was, but I was like, oh, like, that's, it's very, re- very reasonable. Pretty, pretty competitively priced, Cause, I'd say, comparative even to some of the stores. I mean, might a little bit more, but we're also offering home delivery. We're offering everything's cut and portioned. A, the quality bar done is better than most any big box store, I, and I validate that claim. Mm-hmm. And I would put it to the test. And, uh, and we offer the home delivery at the same time, so the convenience of that, you know. Right. You don't have to go out, and you don't have to hunt in the stores where you just go online. You know, put in your cart, click, and then we we come deliver. And we do a one to three day turnaround here in Ottawa, Montreal. We do every every Saturday. We we go out there. We have quite a bit of clientele out there too. Is that right? Eh? Well, I think it's as we become more informed as people. So what I mean by that, we talk about those documentaries, or we talk about yeah. podcasts, or social media. We're definitely learning. It's slow because, like, I admit, I I don't know shit about meat, but other than that, I like it and it tastes good. Um, but you, we, we have that information at our fingertips where we start learning the dangers and the harm that the big, that cheap meat, why it's so cheap? Well, because of all these kind of issues that we really don't like as a society. Yes. Um, so, you know, someone who's coming in and offering that, like, you know, it's ethically raised. I think that's a big thing for me that I know I'm like. Do I love the fact that we kill animals to eat? I might like, not necessarily, but like at the same time, like I get some flack for saying it, but animals and humans are not equal. We're not equal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you watch a nature doc- documentary, the lion is not going up to the gazelle being like, Hey man, like it's all not, good. Not all. Like, right. Like we are carnivorous. We're, we're omnivores, but humans need Correct. meat to survive. We need meat for thousands, yeah. Thousands like, you know, so to know that relying on that as a food source. You know, yeah, so to know that the animal, you know, at least lived its life. Uh, Correct. Happy like that for me. That's a big thing. So it's interesting that you know. I think what you're doing, like offering this alternative solution, because even in the stores, like if I go to look for it, like it's not necessarily even easy to find. And you don't really know, like, if the stores are trying, you're seeing some of the big brands, I'm not going to mention them, and even some of the big box stores, and they are coming up with, you know, organic, they have organic meat, or they have free from, you know, with free from is raised without antibiotics, vegetarian grain-fed, chickens air-chilled, you know, items like that. So they are starting to offer, uh, you know, chicken and beef. Mm-hmm and some pork, but there's still not a lot of transparency involved in that. It's just, it's, they're like, they just, they're marketing terms. You still don't know, you know, if you go to one of the big box stores, you don't know if that chicken came from Brazil or the U S yeah. Canadian. Yeah. You know? And I think that's important. I think consumers want to know, they want the full traceability of where, down uh, to where yeah. that was grown, what farm it came from. I think a lot of people, yeah. You know, I, and I believe that's something that's, and I think that's something they should know. But if it was up to, am I supporting the big factory or am I supporting they have a choice. my neighbor? And I'm not saying, go ahead, if you want to, if that's your value system and you don't care about that, I'm cool with that. You know, it's just, but I believe that consumers should at least have an alternative and have a choice to know yeah. like if somebody is searching 
for a type of meat, whether it's organic or free from, and they want to also know the value system associated with it, how it was, you know, how it was grown, where it was grown, what farm it came off. I think they should know that. Yeah. I think they should have that traceability. Definitely. I don't know if you know the answer, but is it easy or is there a way, like if I bought chicken from Costco, like, is there like any way where you could trace it or it's like pretty much like I'm just throwing it up in the air. But I know as far as chicken or or beef or whatever, yeah, I've been told by big, producers that we deal with like derma meats and which is owned by cisco and in canada chicken producers can only produce for about a third of the population it's on a quota system so anything after that that they sell that's canadian chicken so only a third of the canadian population comes up from either brazil or the u.s brazil is one of the biggest chicken producers in the world seems weird so a lot of times (laughs) you don't even you could be eating brazilian chicken and there's like no way to tell you know you can't tell that no don't know that they don't let they don't want you to know that right i think that they don't want you to know that well i'm sure yeah it'd be bad for business (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, because i think a lot of people with the choice if they knew they could support a farm in brazil or support a farm in canada yeah of um, course they would canadians would be like and we get shafted here man like you know canadians really would like to support yeah and you get more of canadian products and there's less yeah you get into those trade war conversations which i know nothing about yeah but like when you you hear about import export versus like you know nafta new deal with the u.s yeah. export import with china like all these different things going on that like i mean it'd be a lot easier if we just like you know went to the store and bought like it from the neighbor or through you that like because especially where we live in ottawa we're very like outside the city is very farm rural heavy like there's, there's so a lot of people here. yeah and I couldn't believe when I got here how little farming there was and how a lot of the abattoirs that are still operating that are servicing local farms and bless their heart, they're doing what they need to do. And I, you know, I don't blame them for pumping a bunch of money into their abattoir to, you know, basically get with the times, you know, like, so the, uh, there's so much land here and there's so little market here you know that's why people are like well why don't you deal with local smaller auto i said one they can't produce enough two there and there's a bunch of reasons for that government regulations costs, uh, okay else, you know plus they're not a lot of these farmers aren't business people at the same time yeah and farming is really hard work and when are they going to find time to right especially like younger how to run a business younger people younger like people aren't going to want to do that right? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, what do you mean but... i can't tell the cow on my phone to no, go they're not going to want to go four yeah. o'clock in the morning and do, you know like they just don't want to do that yeah what, what they want to you know like so and and then the place the abattoirs and slaughterhouses that are even left here are usually it's like older people running it and it's like they just they have a there's a way of thinking. Kinky, yeah. I don't want to put anybody down, but it's just like I found that in my journey starting out here locally and then like as I grew and tried to push people to do things to, hey, let's do this, let's partner, let's do that. They wouldn't do it. It's like they wanted to stick to the, what they've been doing and how it worked. And, right. And I'm like, okay, well, you got all these companies in, in Toronto and outside Toronto, bigger farms and bigger producers and packing plants and stuff like that Mm -hmm. in ottawa have that you know it's like why are we this like you know bastard child of between montreal and toronto like you know and we've had conversations with a couple farmers and they have they're they're trying to push for that one to what would be very beneficial here would to have a bigger federal plant with some modern equipment to be able to do some really 
further processing and packaging and stuff to help support the farming communities here mm -hmm. to really and work together and work together with business to really build some brands here and and to where it could be really brought up to a level and be accessible all the time you know for the most part too for mm -hmm. consumers is there resistance yeah. to that like of course there is which is the government regulations here are crazy <laughs> I've seen what these plants deal with that they have to deal with even the smaller like provincial plants yeah government regulations they get regulated to death you know it's like i'm not a big fan of that i'm really that's something out of me like kind of pisses me off yeah. so like it's the like, american the US, it's the american yeah, yeah. it's like americans you couldn't sell some iowa farmer he's had his farm for four generations or more some usda inspector to come on his farm and tell him like you can't do this you can't slaughter your own animals you can't feed your if you do slaughter your animals, you can't sell it to your neighbor, or you can't fe even feed your neighbor, have him over for dinner. You know, he'd tell you to get the fuck off his land. <laughs> are these actually like a real? Those are real things here. Like you could. Oh my god! I had like, no so idea. You have to have everything. You can't slaughter your own animals. You have to run it through a provincial or a federal plant. Which federal plants you're not even? There's none here. And you have to be on such a massive scale to be able to book in animals into a federal plant, anyways. Right. And you can't. You have to. So it has to go through a provincial plant to be slaughtered and packaged. It has to have that plant number of that plant on there. Then you can sell the product. You can't slaughter it yourself. You couldn't, you're technically not even supposed to even, even if you did slaughter your own animal, you can do it for yourself or your own family. But if I say I wanted to have you over, Ryan, for dinner, I'm technically not supposed to. The, the government considers it to be a safety a hazard if I was to feed you my beef. That I slaughtered on my own property. That's see, okay. that's my understanding. This is what yeah. I've been told by many farmers, and right. you, know, that they, you can't even technically do that now. Are they going to regulate that? I don't know. Yeah, it'd be hard, but yeah. <laughs> but still, that's the mindset. You know, it's in, and that kills a lot of innovation. I feel. Yeah. It really strong arms the farmers. It limits their ability to really get their goods to market. You know, I, the farmer markets are, you know, farmer's markets are great. I think they're awesome. I think they're something that's necessity. But I don't think these farmers are killing it at these farmer's markets. I think no. They're there just for marketing purposes. Well, and there's a ton that don't really even, there's not a lot of meat when you go to them. I don't think they make any money either. Yeah. yeah and they're not a lot of meat. It's like it's a lots of vegetables and pies you know, and cookies. Has, there's quite a few different, you know, I see. But it's still, it's not. I walk through there. I've walked through there many different times over the years, and you know, on the Sunday when they have the farmers yeah. market there during the summer, and it's like, I don't see them killing it, like selling tons of meat out of there. I see them like, you know, hey, I bought a chicken breast, and I bought yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> pound a hamburger from you, and we'll try you out, you know, right? That, so, and it's that like that's how I mean we built this country, this North America, right? Like, yeah farmers like that's how we did things like through the 1800s 1900 yeah. and, and to all of a sudden like there's no incentive really to go into farming no really there's no really money here i mean the, the only thing that i've seen that you can make any kind of money from what it would be dairy or some of the grain farming right know, okay it's subsidized i believe so it's on quota systems and stuff like that i but, you know, say you want to start a big cattle operation, you want to do any kind of, most cattle farmers here, they back up, or they're growing cattle and then they're selling them at auction to the bigger producers. But to process the animals and find a market once it's processed to the end direct-to-consumer, being like a farm-to-consumer, 
there's no there's no money in it yeah consumer. and then people always have this idea that they're going to go to the farm or they're going to get it for so much less i'm going to buy a whole beef and it's going to be so much <laughs> less it's not it costs more it costs more than what the meat costs in the store because there's a those... lot more that goes into it wow you know, like the feed or the farm just the the animals anything you know if they don't have that they don't they're not the animals aren't born on the farm they have to go source an animal usually it's younger they have to bring it onto the farm they have to if they're doing grain finishing if they have to finish it there's feed same thing with pigs with pork with chicken everything it's expensive like mm-hmm. you know the costs are not it's not it's hard to do you know yeah there's not a lot of return on it so like i said what's the incentive to go yeah. into it then that's not supportive like you know it's the slaughterhouses and the uh, abattoirs they're you know i'm going to say they're you know it's archaic in a lot of ways you know they're not with the times they don't have the equipment they don't have you know so then you're limited there then you're limited okay now i got to get my products to market what are the channels out there you know yeah and you're just some guy who grew up on the farm and took it over from his dad or something and yeah, you're and just like have this idea like oh i'm just going to go to the local farm yeah and buy <laughs> 10 chickens and that's going to support the farmer like it doesn't work that way <laughs> chicken has, that farmer has to sell thousands of chickens to oh my really, god really oh, yeah. make money. otherwise they're just doing it as a hobby and they usually have something else going on or another business yeah I, I know a guy uh you know? i work with uh he has a hobby farm yeah, which and, is cool. And he'll bring that, in yeah. he'll bring in like uh the eggs from the the hens and stuff yeah. too and we'll we'll four bucks for a dozen and yeah. support him and that's always fun, yeah. Yeah, but some of these farmers I talk to them, I have here locally and I still do have conversations with them and they want to bring stuff to they want to actually ramp up their programs and have these great programs, you know, and make a living out yeah. of it, not just, you know, a hobby. Hobby farms not going to support and pay their bills. <laughs> it's just yeah. Not, so, yeah. Um you know. What sort of clientele do you? I'm I'm sure it's, but like, what's your kind of like, if you know the base number of kind of average age? Because I'm wondering. So we're 25. I just got asked this question today. Okay. We're like, you know, anywhere I see on our marketing because we have data that we can read. Anywhere from 25 to 65. Okay. People wide range for various reasons. You know, we got a lot of the older population. They'll buy because they. The meat used to taste a certain way and perform a certain oh, way back, you know, okay. and, they're, and they're just, they've gotten so tired of it that they're looking for something different. You got a lot of the younger crowd, they're looking for the value system. They want something right. that's free from antibiotics. They want no no added hormones. They want, or they want organic, you know, they want stuff that's pastured. They want stuff that was ethically, you know, animals were ethically treated, humanely mm-hmm. treated, you know, like I find that's the younger demographic find the younger younger demographic is really they really want to know with anything they want transparency with anything that they buy yeah it's they huge really want to know it's huge you know any kind of e-commerce doesn't just have to have to do with me yeah you know? like that's why a lot of these companies that are coming out all these e-commerce businesses and stuff and they have these great stories and these great brands and this you know a mission too it's attached to it or you know whether it's something they support so you know either it's environmental issue or like it, yeah people want to support that yeah nowadays. they want to know that yeah that goes right into the whole buying decision like you yeah, know exactly. i know makeup uh hair product anything hair products anything yeah like guys, people yeah. are like okay what do, what do you do what do you what's going on behind the scenes behind the scenes you know I even know. i mean yeah. apple and amazon still do well but it's like you know once you start looking into the backstory um you know, Bell Let's Talk Day, this stuff about Bell just came up about using, abusing, uh, like, prison workers with 
okay. Yeah, okay, so okay. a little off Tell track. A little more, but so. basically, so Bell Let's Talk Day, some guy published a story in the Globe and Mail. Actually, he's from Ottawa. About how um, Bell basically is ripping off prisoners, like... I think they're one using their labor. So like, using prison labor. So yeah. For what? Um, really? I'm not sure exactly, but also like charging them super high to use the prison phones and like yeah. charging the families out like the nose to use these like, yeah. prison calls and stuff. Should I, cause it came up spontaneously. I didn't have the information. They but, do the same thing in the States. Like there's companies that, yeah. that are these big companies but that you know have, I, have the phone system monopolized and they yeah. charge. Like, when you look into that, that value system of a company, like, the bigger you are, it's like the shadier sh- you definitely do. A and a times, lot of young people yeah. are, are like, I'm out. I'm not. Exactly. I, I'll use a flip phone if I have to, but yeah. use Apple. Yeah. It's more and more. You're seeing it. Yeah. You know, so. And I, I was kind of wondering about the age because like my perception, and I'm sure it's still true for a lot of young people is like a lot of them, <laughs> like I'm sh- like, I've heard it. Don't know. Like meat comes from an animal sometimes, right? Like meat, it's from the grocery store. I come yes. in. And I get the steak, and I don't necessarily know that steak that I'm about to eat was actually on a living animal. Like that, exactly. that whole connection exactly. is like not there for them. No, and it's, it's just not like that with a lot of products, you know, in general. Like, I guess it's true. Yeah, you know, consumers the way that they're marketed to nowadays. Yeah, but yeah, definitely with meat, they don't know. They don't know the whole process, and a lot of people want to know, or they want to have some knowledge of it. Yeah, know, just a base. Like, a base, okay, you know? I know what this means. I know what this means. I know if I'm going to buy this it's good for me or better for me or the environment or whatever it is that they choose to support. Different value systems for different people. And, you know, I can really respect that. We try to model our company around that, like with the products that we carry. Right. Um, There's some interesting ones too. When I was going through it, like you didn't have it like as at the time that we're doing this, which is in early February, uh, there was none of this there, but I was looking before and there was like elk and bison and there were oh, some other like I cool love. things, Elk yeah. Bison. We had uh, boar bacon, yeah, like stuff like that. We just got rid of our specialty meat section; it just didn't sell. It was like constantly a battle of like uh, expensive. Interesting. Like, bison take like five years to grow, so right? Okay, so, so expensive, and people don't really have a grasp on. And there's not a lot of people producing bison, so they don't really have a grasp on what process is involved right. in growing a bison or running a bison farm. Much different than cattle. Mm-hmm. So okay, know, that's why great. I, I like here, we carried those products for years, but we always found that uh, we were always having a discount to find a home for them, and I just made it. It was a hard decision. Yeah, there were products I loved. Like I've never had any of it. Is it? It's great. Yeah, it's highly nutritious. Elk and bison are like extremely highly nutritious. They're they have a lot higher omega threes. Uh, the vitamin mineral profiles, yeah, because they're more nutritious. Like is way higher than beef. Mm-hmm. You know, in many in many ways. So. And it's totally, it sucks because you're right. It's like, it's not accessible here. So people just don't know about it. No, they just don't. And they don't, you know, more and more they're finding out through, like, there's a lot of people that are talking a lot more about elk and bison, and mm-hmm. keto diets, and carnivore diets that are really preaching a lot of that. I'm glad you brought that up because that was so, definitely something I wanted to transition to. Okay. The carnivore diet. Yeah. Are you on it? Have you tried it? I, so I stick to, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I stick to like mostly a keto or a carnivore diet. Okay. And I do very little carbs. I find for me, for my way my brain functions, especially beef, grass fed beef, functions so much better. I have Interesting. ADHD. Okay. And you know, so I find that it it's almost calming. I can't really hmm. describe it by eating when I eat beef. 
when I eat, and I stay away from a lot of sugars and processed sugars, and right? Carbs and wheat and things like that. Yeah. If I do eat wheat and things like that, it's going to be definitely organic. I can eat organic foods in our house. Yeah, so you're an educated consumer, right away, so yeah. When I'm not eating stuff that's not, my body tells me. Is that right? Because so, like, um, for those who don't uh, aren't like, obviously the carnivore diet is like strictly meat and to a lot of and fats and, and fats. Yeah. Um. And there's a, there's something to that because I know for my brain the way it's wired like fats like I need a lot more I function way better. Is that yeah? Okay. Fats because like that's a counterintuitive to you eat your veggies, you know. Yeah. Um, but like there are people doing it. I don't know because there's not a lot of long term study. Obviously, it's all kind of anecdotal with people's I just experience. To a lady that was it was on she had, was on a podcast. She's been doing the carnivore diet since like 2010. It was amazing. Wow. Was oh shit things that she's experienced like the not only the weight loss but just things like as far as like uh same thing with jordan jordan peterson well yeah yeah daughter too to talk a lot about that and how like certain ailments that they have the autoimmune disorders and stuff yeah so that's what's so fascinated by it but it seems it seems relatively new to me anyway um how many people have been trying it forever because again doctor your mom everyone says eat your vegetables so that runs like just counterintuitive to that whole narrative you've been fed your whole life yes right We're, what what is the like the dietary things like the food pie or whatever they used to call it before the food they changed pyramid, it. pyramid thank they're, you they're, they found out that that was yeah bad bad <laughs> don't eat that much carbs yeah um, basically you know formulated by the grain you know like general mills and these companies that were trying to get rid of excess grain not, and not surprised cereal companies and things like that you yeah know, that came out with that so it's yeah so it's interesting to like speak to someone who's kind of tried something like that and that you've like what kind of things like i know you said it, it feels better and how your brain's wired but like what are some of the types of things that you experience more energy like better sleep I, like that type of more stuff? energy better sleep i'm calmer i don't have dips there's not the dips and valleys with with my energy I right that when i'm eating a lot more carbs or sugar i stay away from even if it's organic sugars i stay away from i, I get more of like that instant satiated feeling. yeah i feel good but then it's just like this more of a crash or like crash right down. okay so do you eat, like do you eat vegetables or like i do I, okay I, yeah. not as much but we do some interesting so my diet consists of like usually in the morning it's like organic eggs that are from a local farm from beaking's poultry eat organic bacon and I eat all the fat. I put a ton of organic butter in my eggs. Mm. <laughs> grosses out my wife. I'll sit there and eat a chunk of butter. Oh. <laughs> it's good for me. You know, yeah. for me, I know that that works, you know. Yeah, especially when, It's yeah. been so demonized for so long, too. Well, uh, the mar- whatever happened there in the yeah, 80s with the margarine industry. Well, in general, and... like, that it's like, oh, you're eating fat. Like, fat's but My wife even still thinks the same thing. She's like, I got to lose weight. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. not going to eat. And I'm just like. Honey, no, like, that's bad. No, that's bad. <laughs> Eat higher protein. Quit eating so many carbs. Yeah, it's you um. I uh, there was a. Gr- I wish I remember. There's a great documentary where it was talking about all that stuff and how it was all just to do with like food lobbying and that like they yes. they like the Heart Institute science was like totally wrong when it came to like fats card causing cardiovascular correct um and that was like it's all been debunked and, and they've come out with tons but, of studies now yeah and but people so still live by that truly like because they fat so free i know culture it's like, so you know it's totally ingrained like honestly i have pretty much zero trust for the food industry like i yeah. i have i mean it's essential but like honestly i'm just like man like well, they're driven by dollars yeah and, that's, and that's i have it. no clue you what's know, going it's, on it's, 
it's to appease the shareholders and you know increase the stock value and that's what it is and it's whatever by all means necessary literally you know, consumers control that though it's like they it's have true a lot yeah. more control than they think they do yeah they just and if you do a little bit of research and see that. i don't i don't think people realize like how much power but you kind of need everyone to do it collectively or you a do. majority exactly. to shift that you definitely and it's hard yeah you know like a company like amazon like it's hard to shift off that mindset with the convenience and the price and the yeah. right with the economy and everything's tight. Like it's, it's not easy to shift your behavior and routine. And if I've talked about it a bunch on the podcast, but if you, anybody who studied anything into people to get people to change their behavior oh, is people are creatures of habit. Oh yeah. Definitely, like, it is like moving a mountain. Like it's so I mean, hard. That goes back to one of the things when I was doing door to door, the, in the states we would drive two hours out there'd be no grocery stores you'd show up with meat and they'd buy everything on the truck they're like because it makes sense to them because they don't want to drive yeah four hours to do a grocery run here in canada everything's so spread out the population's less people are so used to that and i couldn't understand that i would drive out two hours out here and people were like thought i was from outer where'd you come from who are you where are you from i don't have a store yeah we go to i'm like where do you do your grocery shopping out here guys like you know yeah. i'm like this is crazy. Like people want to the gas it. station. Like, <laughs> they're like, oh, we take our trip and our coolers and two hours and we go drive. Yeah, it's and wild, eh? I'm like, that's wild to me. Like where I came from, it is, but here it's not. That's normal. It's creature to have. Yeah. They don't want to change their ways. You yeah. Know? They just like, that's normal. Well, and you mentioned like sh- shipping up to, to none of it and stuff like yeah. that. Like if you go to grocery stores there too, like it's those atrocious. People, those poor people get worked over. It's a whole, that's another like total I've seen like greed model. That's like, holy moly. You know, it's like 30 poor quality for the highest price. Yeah. You know? $35 like, for some milk. What? And they do it because people, you know, it's like, get away with it. You know, like, yeah. we're selling our products up there for almost on par what you get in the store. And it's like totally and like, that's why we've been so successful up there. Like, you know, yeah, really successful. People are like, people message me all the time for none of it. And they're like, Oh, didn't have your meat for a week and we were freaked out because we didn't want to go to the store we waited you know like you know before we could get our shipment up there and wow yeah they're like you know it's hard to go back to eating that way once you start eating another way too it's very hard like your body mm-hmm. tells you right away like mm-hmm. hey this is not right what are you putting in me you know how yeah. are you eating you know this doesn't feel right it's you know? it's so interesting your, your taste your flavor profile yeah i would love to like because we just don't get enough studies around this type of stuff but like to understand the lasting impacts of what we're putting into our body right now like yeah. with the the pro, the processed sugar uh the, the the refined carbs white breads like yes what that what that is actually doing like you know you get the conspiracy theories whether they're true or not i don't know but like the rise in ADHD and autism and all this stuff might to do with our food, food allergies, everything. Yeah. Like, like all this stuff that we they're, younger, yeah, that are, you know? so you got there's gotta be something to that. Right. And like, will we ever get the study? Like when we were younger <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I think I'm older than you, Ryan, definitely. Mm-hmm. But like, <laughs> you know, staple was peanut butter and jelly sandwich at school. Like, right. You, know, you didn't have a lot of money and you ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> they were everywhere. And most yeah. of the kids had them. The, you know, kids with little money, they had the deli meat sandwiches, you know, and so now you can't even bring up peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And they're all banned. They're all banned. Yeah. You know? Like, nobody really talks about that. Like, why is that? You know, where did these peanut allergies come from? You know? Yeah. yeah. Or uh, gluten, gluten and sensitivity. sensitivity. That's exactly. a big one, too, that you know, so I never heard about, but now everyone has it. it. Yeah. Everybody just had? No. I think it had to be a shift in the way these, way agriculture yeah. is being done. 
you know, whether it be GMO or pesticides, or I think it all has to, I don't really think it has to do with peanuts themselves, if they were grown organic, or, you know, wheat, if it was grown, you know, organically or grown differently than it used to, whether it's GMO or pesticides, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I don't think it has to do with that, really. You know, It'd be interesting, and if we... Strong evidence to, you know... Yeah, I wonder if in, you know, 50 years, we look back and just be like, we fucked up. Yeah. And, like, what the damage will be. I mean, even, like, to an extent, a rise in cancer. Well, you just look at, like, you know, I I think there definitely will be. And I think it's, like, it's coming to that because you look at, like, even cigarettes, right? Right. Like, back in, you know, 40s, 50s, everybody was smoking on TV. They were smoking, like, doctors were coming out saying it was healthy, it was okay, it was, they're not addictive, you know. And it's, like, now they're like, yeah, we fucked Mm -hmm. up. (laughs) Like, that Mm -hmm. was not, they are. You know, they kill you, like, you know, like so. And I think the same thing will happen with a lot of the foods. Like, yeah. It's always, though, after the fact, you know, and it's like, okay, we're on a new trend. We're going to let all the data out, the information. Yes, it really, we were killing you. And, yeah. Sorry. Our sorry. bad. <laughs> yeah. Bad. You know, it's like. Yeah. You know, it's created this whole generations of these problems, you know, but, you know, that's kind of how that works. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's human history, you know, like. Yeah, there's, and again, like, no one's educated about anything, so we don't know any better. Yeah. Like, you, you put your trust in the people making those regulations you were talking about. You put trust in your government. You put trust in the manufacturers and the, the producers. Yeah. And, yeah, I, like I said. Blind trust, you know? It's like. Yeah. And it should be where, you know, I, that's why I appreciate it, when people take the time to actually dedicate themselves to certain causes, whether I agree with it or not. Mm-hmm. It's like they're, you know. Lons, it's not a polarized thing, but they're pushing to have transparency. I think that should mm-hmm. be a necessity. I think with consumers, definitely should have the ability to. Okay, yeah, I think they should still have the decision. I don't believe that if somebody wants to smoke, they can smoke. These are the dangers. If you mm-hmm. want to do this, you want to eat this way. This, these are your dangers. You know, this is what you're doing to your body. You know, here's yeah. the studies. You know. Yeah, exactly. Have the information to make the decision. Too. Like you know, I believe stuff on products you yeah know. it'd be, be interesting if be one told, day like you know when you go in somewhere this is made with gmos this is not made with gmos this is you know that's why i appreciate like the whole gmo labeling and stuff now yeah you know, they have people have at least they're like you know companies are putting that label on there if they want it they're gmo free to like hey this or products are gmo free so if you want to you want to eat non-gmo products here we there's an alternative to what you can buy yeah you know, from product a to product b so, yeah you know um Vegans, yes, <laughs> they are uh, actually I'm laughing because I'm thinking so. not that I'm against vegans yeah. or anything. So uh, I have a whole we can uh, get into that. Yeah, we well, I'm I'm interested because I actually read an article yesterday saying vegans are the second most stigmatized group against. Okay, um, second to drug users, um, yes. and I guess the stigma is that you know we ha- we all have the stereotype about veganisms and pita and yes and all those things and and you know i think there is a, a misconception that obviously not all vegans are like that who will splash blood in your face and everything but there yeah. are some of them out there yeah and some of them are aggressive i'm wondering like i, I i'm i know your answer because we've been talking about it like you're not against them but like have you had because they're they're aggressive and they target. So like, oh, have yeah, you had, had backlash? Yeah, we okay. Had, we had a while back. We had uh, so somebody decided to share our page, our farm to fork page. We're just a small business, mm-hmm. right? Like here, that's local. 
on the worldwide vegan the worldwide vegan page on Facebook, like on oh, a goodness. page that was like I found out like, hey, this company, let's attack them and all of a sudden I started getting all these people were messaging the customers that had like made comments on our posts. They were putting pictures of like murdered cows. Oh my people that were they were being babies being slaughtered like pictures like of you know they were mocked they weren't real babies being slaughtered but like saying this is what an animal goes through and like you know women in that were naked in positions like being milked like they were a cow and like just all this like crazy shit man like you know really like it was like vegan terrorism that's what i can equate it to right like and posting all that, and I had to like, and then writing reviews, like going through and yeah, damaging, crash you through, trying yeah. to crash my reviews. So, like, you know, we have perfect reviews from our customers, like we have five star ratings, and and so I had to take off the reviews. I had to delete all these people off the page, and and it was just, it was nuts. It was a lot of, it was very damaging, and you know, a lot of work, and you know, I had to take our review system off for a while, which we rely heavily on that. Yeah. People want to go, they go now to a page they, for a brand. They want to see what your what other people think of you. Yeah, you exactly. Know? So, you know, thank God we haven't had any talks since then. I hope this podcast Oh, God. <laughs> like, Don't do it, people. I will so... not hashtag vegan. <laughs> so, um, and I had to explain, like, I really appreciate the lifestyle. I appreciate what you're looking to do. We are, we are doing the same that we are trying to represent products that are, in the same direction ethically raised i understand that you know you know you don't eat any of that that's great like you don't eat it eat animals it's i'm okay with that Mm -hmm. like so there's benefits to that too you know so but it was just yeah it was just it's horrible man we got attacked like yeah so well i didn't know that that kind of element I kind of figured it existed, but I didn't realize Not that it bad. was that extreme. Well, do you remember the story of uh, Antler in Toronto? No. Oh, so Antler is a uh, it was a newer newer restaurant in in Toronto. That's with the deer. Yeah, the guy's exactly. The deer in the window. He just yeah, takes the deer and cut it. Yeah, exactly. It right in the window so they were they for those who don't know he he was this store was being this restaurant was being protested and the, like you the customers yeah. were being harassed as they would come in. Yeah, and um, so the put up with it as a protest he started carving up the deer because he specializes from what i understand in, in like the those animals that are uh like game animals uh elk, yeah so that was the caribou. whole concept of the business was yeah game animals like concept you know exactly and, so he started okay. carving up a deer and uh, to protest them in his window yeah and uh you know it caused a bunch of news controversy for a while and then i mean i i don't know where it's at now but it was a while but there was another like follow up, like he went on Rogan and all this stuff, and he was like, "I'm booked for months." Well, I'm sure he would be. Yeah, all like he did is bring light to exactly. Like people are like, okay, I want to check this out. What's going on here? Yeah, you know? like, and then people will literally just go there just to stick it to the vegans. Yeah. You know, you'll have that as well, which is, you know, it's funny because you know someone like yourself, some of like the people you're working with, this guy from Antler, like you're really on the same team in a way because yeah. you are working towards a better environment for animals and for food and for people that you know we we need to eat animals like you can't live a vegan lifestyle without supplementing no but, and that's proven yeah like, that's, that's proven like, you need and, your b12 and that's why i and, think it's a lot of dangerous like if you're gonna go vegan there's you have to really supplement with a lot of things that meat provides yeah a lot of the minerals and things like that yeah like, 
vitamins and and if you're not getting that like you can really damage your body yeah and a lot of people don't you won't know. see it like you'll become a vegan what most people do is they become a vegan and they're eating this like western traditional diet which was shit you know like grabbing fast food and stuff from the convenient mart quickie mart and stuff like mm-hmm. that you know it's like and then they eat that way and then all of a sudden they cut all that out and they're eating just fruits and vegetables and grains and they notice immediately a difference but and it's great but then, you know, three to six months down the road when they're being depleted of all these vitamins and minerals that they don't, they're not going to get or they have to really supplement. Yeah. Or they could get in plants, but they would have to eat like four times as much in a in a serving. In, in plants? Yeah. Like, so there's some things you can get, like, but you'd have to eat like three or four times as much, like an enormous amount of it. Oh, my God. You know, comparative to like a six ounce of steak, like, you know, beans, like if you were some of those same vitamins, you'd have to eat like like literally like, right like a shit ton of beans and which nobody's gonna do <laughs> you know or lentils yeah. or you know or, yeah so and most people in society in the way that we are you know we're go 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 society people aren't sitting down and making lentils and <laughs> making, getting up your quinoa and tofu and, stuff and not, yeah like you know yeah just not doing it so you know it's like okay i go vegan but you have to really be careful with that. You have to be really prepared to like, okay, this is really a lifestyle that I have to, that yeah. I want to be a part of that I could hurt my body, you know, yeah. if I don't do the right thing. Cause the number of vegans who eventually turn back to meat after a while a lot. is pretty staggering. It's, it's very staggering from yeah. what I've seen, Yeah, you know, so, and then they feel so much better. Like yeah. Say, you know, but it's, it's all about making the smart choices with meat, you know, like, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, do like would you say like you have meat like a meat every meal or like does your diet like consist of like you every, know almost every meal? Yeah, so usually okay. my day is like morning is like eggs and bacon, and then sometimes I eat like a little bit of yogurt and I and I do some hemp hearts too. Like I love that. Like and with a little bit. Yeah, of I put those. that in my my oatmeal. I love yeah. that stuff. Yeah, and and then I do. I usually we meal plan. So during the day, I carry like two two meals usually I eat, and it's usually grass-fed ground beef mixed in with something, and then or some chicken, or we do these organic sauce, beef sausages that are nitrate-free. I'll take mm. those, and or have fish like wild-caught salmon that we. These are all products that we carry that all. Like, yeah. So, fish is another big one because uh, you know you can get really bad fish. <laughs> oh yeah, fish is. I don't eat a lot of fish. Yeah. And you hear about that with just the environment because, and stuff too. Exactly. One farm raised fish is just so horrible for you. Like, there's a good uh, documentary, YouTube two hour uh, documentary that um, Dr. McCullough put on his has on his page, and you can use YouTube. It's all about he went all over the world and traveled, and it's all about the different industry, fishing industries all over the world, and a lot of it focuses on the farm raised fish. And yeah. One of the things that just struck me, it was like they went to, so you like when you go to Costco, I think they have that salmon or even some of the local stores says Norwegian salmon and it's these pretty, pretty packages, Norwegian farm raised salmon. And you're thinking, oh, well, it's from Norway. It's good. Like, you know, (laughs) you think Norway cold, you know, fresh, fresh, you know, and then they're in the bay right there. One of the bays, I can't remember where they were in Norway and he's with the biologists and they're driving past in the boat the the ponds where the farm raised salmon are and these guys are like in full hazmat suits spraying pesticides oh in the water and then they showed them dredging the 
the bottom of the the uh, that lake there where they were at, and it's like the shit that was in there was just like, and it said it was killing the other environment there too. And so the natural environment of the other animals. Then they went and they met. They show a next clip, and it's with the biologist, and he's showing on this on the computer there. He's showing the PCB levels of salmon that's farm raised comparative to like other just conventional vegetables that have been sprayed with pesticides off the chart it was like four or five times as much as most co conventional mm. you know like gmo or just uh, conventional fruits and vegetables and they asked him they said would you eat that would you eat that for me? he said no <laughs> <laughs> not even i wouldn't uh. touch it with the 10 foot pole any farm-raised salmon and, and people just, are eating this being like i'm making a great choice salmon is just like you no know, it's awful that's like one of the worst how do you make yeah. it sustainable then, like with fish, to make it, it sustainable? There's a lot of new eco-farm type products coming out. Like one okay. of the things we sell is we sell an eco-farm organic shrimp when I can't get the wild shrimp, and it's chemical-free. And so it's done. It's it's a third-party certification that comes in and monitors them, and they have to grow the, the shrimp like a certain way, you know, and they can't feed them antibiotics. They can't. They have to be in these ponds. There has to be a certain space between. They can't overcrowd. They can't, you know, there's all these different variables that they can't do. And then they can't process it with the sodium polyphosphate. You can't. Sprays. You know, barely can even say it. Polyphosphates, you know, I'm Oof. late. I'm tired. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just like the word's so big. People yet, are like, we're yeah, gonna eat the it. sodium bisphate, you know, all these preservatives that they spray, these chemicals oh. they spray on the fish, like on frozen. You know, oh my shrimp God. And frozen fish. It's disgusting. You know, like people wonder why they defrost their shrimp and it's like it just shrinks down. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, like there's tons of water. Right. You know, that's a chemical cocktail of water that's there was on that shrimp, you know. Oh my God. Yeah. Do you think we're able to transition society to like this, uh, I think you said regenerative. Re Regenerative and sustainable farming and like fishing and yeah are we able to transition society to that and also meet demand or is that kind of like so the studies that i'm seeing that are coming out that are uh by different that are starting the stuff that's starting to come out it's such in a like premature stage or infant stage yeah uh, that they are proving that they can, that they would be able to. There was a podcast just on Joe Rogan. They were talking about that too, as far as that they're proving that they could farm that way and still feed everybody and, and regenerate. And they're saying that it has to be that way because the soils, like you can't keep doing what right. they're doing, you know? What is like the definition of regenerative, like versus kind of. Regenerative would mean that you're able to, so one, the soils would be able to be reused. You know, regenerative, that's the big part of it, I believe, is okay. farming as far as that you're able to, you're nurturing the soil in a way to be able to be continued to be used. You know? Okay, okay. You know, and that plays into with the cattle farming and grass feeding and not using, not grain feeding and things like that. Too. Right, so, so that's a more of like a natural and there's flow other, of tons life. tons of other things, yeah. So it all plays into, it's like all cyclical, you know, where it plays into right. each other. So, yeah, I remember watching... Uh, it's coming back to the vegan thing, watching a documentary and they were churning, uh, I think it was soy. Like they were getting yeah. soy out. It was like this big machine and you just see like all these seagulls and I'm like, well, and you just like, cause you see, look a little closer. It's all red behind the tractor because yeah. of all the animals that it's oh, killing and churning up from like, all that. And yeah. so it's like nothing is safe in this whole. So that's what mine, you know, so if you are like total, 
vegan anti do you know like yeah like you know how many animals get killed comparatively to yeah. get, get killed through farming crops like soy and you know and canola and things like that like tons which so, again so are they any different than a cow yeah or, those or oils are products? too they're in everything yeah and everything corn corn oil canola oil soy it's yeah. product soys are put it's cheap you know it's and gmo it's a filler you know so it's and it's terrible for you yeah so. Um, do you find time for the gym too, or do you just like, is that all from like you oh, just I, eating really healthy? No, I go to the gym. Okay. <laughs> I was like, well, that protein. I've been slacking lately, but yeah. I well, go to the gym. as a business owner, I was just wondering, yeah. like, you got looking at the pipes in the morning, and stuff. I, yeah, in the morning I go. So God. I've been working out for years. So that's, yeah. that's a normal part of my that's, routine. So it's a, it's a, I mean, everyone knows how, well, not everyone, but the, the stresses of being a business owner. Yeah. And that you're doing this all yourself, but yes. that you're able to find time to also, you know, family to Correct. to eat healthy but with a pretty like restricted diet for the most part. Yeah. Um go to the like that balance, man. It's hard. It's not 100%. <laughs> I can't say How much do you like sleep? Jocko where I get up 4:30. Oh yeah, morning. that's I right. pictures of Instagram on my watch and I'm up at the gym. <laughs> do you sleep? Like do you get Yeah, sleep? I mean, it's 6 hours usually. Wow. You know, it's like so it, and I try to work out. It's got to be at least. Do I do the full five sometimes? No, sometimes I don't. You know, working out. So, but you have to, man. It's like it's that's mental health too. It's huge, you know? yeah. So it's huge. Yeah, I've talked about that so much <coughs> on, the, on the podcast and what and then, exercise you know, and that work balance too. Like being at home and like I run everything from my phone, so it's like constantly having to be attached to the phone and your family's fighting for your attention and you're having to be on the phone. Right. Trying to make an order. So, and so hard. Oh, hey, no, hold on. You know, my son, Karen's like wanting to play lightsabers right at that moment or gets up and he's just wanting to interact and wants attention. Like, Oh no, hold on, Karen. I got, I just got an order come in or I got a live chat with a customer. I got, you know, <sighs> you gotta do all that. You know, a small business owner. It's not, it's not, it's wild. It's wild. It's hard. It's not easy. It's, you know, there's many nights I go to bed and I'm like, all of a sudden you get really tired and that's when you really get worn on and then all the shit from the day and the fear right. starts coming in and like stuff you got to do for tomorrow, the uncertainty of the week and how it's going to turn out sales wise. And, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of entrepreneurs go through that. There's a lot of stuff coming out now too, where they're really encouraging people to share things about mental health. And Well, yeah. I mean, that's like, so, I'm very involved in, in the space, um, yeah. doing speaking and I think I mean, that's great. Yeah. Like, thank I, you. I think um, that's awesome because I'm, I think it's really demonized. It is, yeah. Like, I have, like, my entrepreneur culture on my Facebook page is all these guys are just going after it and posting stuff. And, but really, if you looked underneath the hood, there's probably a lot of it's like just, it's bullshit. You know? Oh, it's for like, sure. Yeah. Yeah, guys it's, are doing that, but. Um, you know, I'm involved with a workplace. It's more like a workplace uh, mental health organization. Um, but I've also had people on this podcast who are entrepreneurs, and that's like a big, because it's that, that hustle culture. Yeah. That that grind every day get up early business money like do you think people want to see pictures of me doing that or they want to, like or, or and that's going to be validated or you think they want to hear me bitching and complaining yeah exactly or, or having my moments of despair yeah this, where your hair is messy and you're just like fuck like the morning and my back hurts, my, this hurts yeah the, you know like oh shit i gotta go drive be in that truck for 14 hours you know and, drive to montreal and oh my god coordinate yeah. everything and know? like as an entrepreneur you know benefit you don't have the luxury no. of having all that stuff it's it's all on no it's it's admirable for the people who who choose this life because they have a dream or a vision or 
goals that they want to do. And I'm, I'm, you know, even in my small little world of starting the podcast and figuring out all the, you know, operating the podcast like it's a business, but not, you know, at any this time doing money wise. But, but like, so taking that to the next level where your whole life is like dependent on what you're going to put into it that day, that week, that month, that year, the fluctuations of good months and bad months and like man <laughs> uncertainty and it's every week yeah it's every week there's that uncertainty i'm looking at my phone i'm tracking my sales i'm looking at my marketing hey is this working or should be doing this or should like be doing that and you have to really just you got to set that aside before you go to bed and just be really okay with that you know? yeah you have to be like very strong like i know we we're talking about the mental health but like too strong mentally all as well like not to say you don't have slip-ups or, or struggles but i think that's where it comes into like it's i have I have a, and I'm not going to get to do a conversation about religion and this isn't about religion. It's about being yeah. spiritual. It's like, you really have to have a connection with something greater than yourself. And, mm. you know, I, I believe I have that connection, you know, where I rely a lot on my faith and, you know, and being observant and gratitude and, you know, being observant of others and what they're going through too on a day-to-day basis, whether it's like an old man at the corner trying to trudge through the snow and he's crippled and he's mm-hmm. you know, like shit, like, look what I got, you know, like, so look, imagine the challenges that guy goes through and has to have a positive, like, yeah, for sure. On life, you know? Yeah. So, and, you know, especially here in Ottawa, it's not, uh, I give entrepreneurs a lot of credit for starting business here. It's not very encouraged compared <laughs> to where I came from. It's not, it's not supported. Yeah. It's a certain mentality here. It's very which there's nothing wrong with that government and tech and it's just entrepreneurs are like kind of looked really kind of almost looked down upon you know in a way it's weird yeah it's uh i get that same feedback from other people i talk to they're like yeah it's not like or i used to run a business or i run a business or they're not very supportive or you know and and so i give people credit man here starting businesses here yeah i'm noticing are huge here a lot of and especially young women yeah. Or really getting into it, which is interesting. Um, a lot. Uh, you know, I had uh, Mallory Rowan on a, a lot of episodes ago. Uh, Regan Bradley was just on a little bit. Um, and it's interesting to f- talk to them and follow their journey and where they've went. Like the, Regan, for instance, is trying to break into the cannabis space. Awesome. Um, Mallory started like a, an online fitness kind of apparel business, but it has okay. now transi- transitioned into a business without burnout coach type thing. Okay. Where she helps other entrepreneurs cool. start their business goals without like, or doing it more healthy wise instead of like. I get it. You know, it as I'm sure you know, go, like, you know, to where they are on a good track. You know, right. And so go. you're not doing it in healthy ways from lessons she's learned from going through like the crazy burnout of trying to re- operate your own business. Okay. You know, cool. um, yeah. but again, just like, it's so admirable. Not, nothing to knock men, but women are great at being entrepreneurs. They have women's intuition is like huge. Yeah. I rely on a lot of women for decisions made, including my own wife. Like, yeah. Like, like I go, that's my go-to first. Usually. And I yeah. tend to like to dealing with women, usually in a more of a business setting. A lot of the time they're like better networkers. They just, they're more attention to detail. Yeah. I'm a very attention to detail person and very creative. And I find that I click better with dealing yeah. with women when it comes to business decisions that I do with, yeah. a lot, with a lot of men. I kind of, I feel with guys sometimes it, 
not to say it doesn't happen with everybody, but like the dick swinging competition, especially if it's like a hard nosed business guy who's really yeah. difficult, yeah. and you're just not going to move them or persuade. Like they're just like fists yeah. down. You're just like, oh my god, we're. Thought women might not agree with you, but it's all. It seems women a lot more tend reasonable. To think outside of the who use a cliche term, but think more outside of the box. A lot of the time, so I think so. I've always gotten like, and like my my boss is a woman, and my the boss above that is a woman, and yeah. you know it's. I don't know. I I don't know what fierce, it is. That's just man. my. I love it. That's just my take on it. You know, it's like yeah, and like a, so. a lot of them are incredibly inspiring because not only to do it. You know, with the issues that women have to deal with in the workplace, but also Correct. the economy that we're in, that you're taking a chance as a young person yeah. to try in this turbulent economy where you like it's for the you know, people making seventy grand it sometimes can be hard for them to get by in certain cases. Especially if you have kids. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. Seventy grand doesn't get you very far. Yeah, like, which is wild. My mom's from Arizona, like, you know, she lives there, the cost of living is like nil there. And like I'm just like my mom tells me she makes and they're all oh, they're gonna buy a house and do all stuff and I'm like like shit, mom, good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, like, it's a wild I world. Tell my mom what we're doing here and what we're making. She's like, Yeah, it was just funny, like I'm driving this is I was at the A and W getting an A and W burger. It's like the only fast food place I'll eat once in a while because I know where their meat comes from. Good to know. So, there we go. <laughs> like, and uh, she was listening to the drive-through, and she's like, "Oh, that will be eleven dollars for whatever." My mom went, "What? <laughs> like, you know, uh, what? How much? You know?" And I'm like, "Yeah, mom, that's just Canada. Like, it's how much things cost here." Like, yeah, it was probably just like a teen burger with some. Yeah, exactly. That was it. You know, it was a you know uncle burger with some, you know it was about it nine ten you know plus ten. Yeah, it's wild. Another, you know, it I wild. love going to America and comparing prices, like especially on booze. Like I drove to Boston. Yeah. And uh, we were coming back in New Hampshire. One place I've never been. Boston seems so awesome. Oh, what My a great! Wife said she loves it. What a great city. To. Very. It reminded me a lot of Ottawa in a way, with yeah. the fact that it's not. I mean, we went on. We were on a weekend, so I didn't see yeah, like the financial Ottawa, district. Huh? Like, yeah. In a, that it's historic in a way. Boston's very historic. Yeah, yeah. like there's a. It's kind of a little. Again, I, I was on a weekend, so I can't speak to yeah. like, when the workday's on. But it was a, like a little slower speed. It wasn't like super wild, busy. A lot of like historic monuments and yeah. landmarks and statues and yeah. stuff like that. Which, I, which again, this is downtown. Um, but I appreciate it. I really like the city. People um, seem fantastic there without in Chicago. And so I've been to Chicago a couple yeah. times too. Like it's just coming back though through New Hampshire with yeah. no sales tax, which I was totally wasn't used to. Yeah. And like getting <laughs> like a sixty of gin for like twenty bucks. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> exactly. And I then, get it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like some random town. I was like, Do you know how much this would have cost me in Canada? Like eighty dollars. Yeah. Like Exactly. So what a different it world, goes eh? back to yeah like starting businesses here and stuff there's so many costs involved and it's like you know it's like and then they get going and they're like oh man this is like an uphill battle this is crazy you well there must be a ton that like just don't make it no tons like i was just at the bank i'm talking to my banker good relationship with td over there in canada and it's like yeah the banks just don't like there's too much of a risk small businesses nowadays in this economy they they won't lend them any money for the most part like that's what he told me you yeah know, it's like just too high a risk unless you got some serious collateral like right you put your house up or this or that or you know some kind of property or but they just won't give money for that you know so yeah it's because the the fault rate is huge you yeah know, like the failing so, yeah well you restaurant you see restaurants go up and go down and you're just like what okay yeah yeah like you know and it's there's so many smart people here in canada like it's a lot of smart people with a lot of great ideas 
they try to bring them out they bring them to fruition and it's like it's such an uphill battle mm -hmm. like, i think the internet's the changing that. you can tell that's been very like you can tell my voice it's frustrating yeah, yeah. do you like i grew up in the u.s and i've been done business there so it's like it's just it's it's been a battle ever since i got here you know right 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 the way things are done you know like so and i don't blame the people like it's just you know it's not that it's, it's just the regulations the costs the, the the reception of it you know and yeah stuff. and you don't see a lot of small businesses thriving so people are not they almost look down well they don't want to yeah. customer they don't want to support that they want to support the big what they're used to the, well it's a little more expensive or the big back stores yeah or big, you know or it's just it, or it's a well-known brand that's big here that's monopolized you know everything's very monopolized here extremely mm, not a lot interesting. of interesting yeah yeah, in the U.S. There's a lot of different monopolies, but there's so many people there. It's 330 million people. That's true. That's so true. So it's like there's room for you to thrive, and consumers in general in America are very marketed to totally different, and they're consumer type society. So it's like, like I said, people that have yeah. money there that can't afford it still still, still buy stuff yeah. and way beyond their means. You know, it's like. Well, I mean, I don't know if you have the answer, but like, is Ottawa like where you're hoping like to keep growing, like, or is like maybe going to the states might be easier? Like, uh, my goal long term is to build our business, get into Toronto, because uh, I believe that would market would is definitely it's a different market, it's a bigger market. Yeah, we had some traction there before. We've worked a couple different times where we were starting to op we wanted to open there. Just wasn't the right fit at the right time. So right. I can't be there. I can't have a presence there. So I have to have somebody kind of. I have to have somebody manage it. So right. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. Just, they weren't set up the way that they need to be, and we weren't. Now we are kind of. We're at that place where we could do that. So that's my next step. I'm deciding whether when we want to go into there. Mm -hmm. You know, and then eventually try to go nationwide. So yeah, because you look at, I mean, not comparing you at all to any of them, but those kind of like the the food box type situations yeah. with the growing Meal popularity kits. yeah good food i follow a lot of their ceos and their stuff on yeah LinkedIn and hello fresh and i really appreciate what they do because it's like that's amazing what they're doing with all that you know? well yeah like there's the convenience there's the the health aspect of and then like that's yeah. to me like i mean it's such a like a good niche because people want meat and like everything we talked about they beforehand. Want the convenience, they want. Yeah. They they like the fact that it's it's not this convenience it's their door. It's the convenience that they have this kit now that kind of tells them gives them instructions to do. There's I hear the feedback. There's because I have a lot of customers that buy our products and buy they supplement with good oh, food, okay. good food or HelloFresh. Usually good food. A lot of it's like I see more good food than HelloFresh and anything. Have a presence here. Right. So. And uh, so they'll supplement with both, you know, because so they can have their meal plan. They can make their other meals at home with good quality. And then they have their good food box that has their already pre-made, ready to go, that they can just put the stuff together in a pinch. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, deliver the door. And it's not that much more than, you know, I'm not trying to be an advocate for good food. No, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. I follow a lot of their stuff, and I think it's really amazing. Like, I really appreciate it from a business standpoint. What yeah. Absolutely, and it, you know what they continue to, you know, do. even like so. you know, people ask me, "Oh, who's on your podcast tonight?" I explain it, and they're like, "Oh, that's such a good idea!" Like, like people don't yeah. know that the options there also for meat that you can, you know, buy meat and yeah, and it will come right to your right door, to your door. And it's, yeah, it's good and it's so. it's awesome. So awesome. I'm looking forward to the summer and getting some of those steaks for sure. Okay, well, you can hitting on the barbecue. All year long, Ryan. You know that, right? I know. I live in an apartment, so I can't. I have to <laughs> okay. wait till I get up to the cottage. All right, well, I get it. <laughs> so. um, 
Anything else that you want to No, the about? coupon code. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. I'll let you announce that. So That sounds cool. We had a coupon code that for just for your yeah for your listener. My first bit of business, people. We're moving on up. And it's uh it's in the red. Is that what Life in red. Life in red. So all and, one word. And that's so we're entitled to you to ten percent off and free delivery on our website. Life in red. Baby. So we'll share that after on that, social you media. Check out, and if you could share that, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So there's an opportunity to try us out. Yeah, so. absolutely. Definitely uh, share so. that all around. Where can people if they want to order from you, uh where's that Facebook so, page? Where's the website? So right off the website, it's farm to fork delivery dot ca. Farm the number two fork delivery one word. .ca. You can follow us on Facebook at Farm to Fork Delivery, and also on Instagram, we're at Farm to Fork Delivery. Perfect. So awesome. Thanks, man. I really yeah, appreciate you coming in. This was a really great conversation. Yeah. Um, go check them out. Get some of that good, tasty, good for you meat, and we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, man. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.